The brain is really one of our most vital organs. So just like the rest of our body, we have to do a really good job of looking after it. Sometimes people will say, well, is it too soon or too late to make changes that can either improve or maintain our brain health? And we always say that it's never too soon or too late because those important things that we can do can improve our ability to sustain our long-term health and also to fight illness. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews. Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I'm Joe Curry with my co-host, Lindsay Wilson. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I'm great. Thanks. Good. We're into fall. We're a week away from launching our fall client review. So it's been a busy time around here. It is. It is. And so today you and I have a busy day ahead of us with podcast recordings. Yes, indeed. Well, today we're looking at Alzheimer's and how it can affect not only a retiree's life, but retirement planning as well. And it's with Jen Johnstone and Sarah Cook from the Peterborough Regional Alzheimer's Society. Yeah. So we had a great chat with Sarah and Jen. Maybe I'll have you throw out their bios and then we can just hit a couple of the highlights and jump into the show. Sure. So I'll start with Sarah's. Sarah is the education program manager. She's been with the Alzheimer's Society for nearly 20 years in the education role for 18. She provides leadership to the society's growing education team and has her Bachelor of Sociology from Trent and also her Bachelor of Education from Queen's. And she really enjoys going into public to raise awareness and to educate various individuals, social agencies, and professional organizations about Alzheimer's disease and other dementias, and to offer information about how to keep our brains as healthy as possible as we age. And Jen Johnstone, who is the executive director of the Alzheimer's Society, joined as a member of the fund development team, quickly moving into the role of donor relations manager. She has over 16 years experience in nonprofit management and fundraising, having raised millions of dollars over the course of her career. She is also serving as the chair of the Peterborough Area Fundraisers Network, as well as serving as a director on the board of Farms at Work. She is deeply passionate about supporting persons living with dementia, having supported family members through the disease, and starting her career working in adult day centers that supported families navigating the journey of dementia. Yeah, so Jen and Sarah both had a lot of great points in this conversation. It was one that I really enjoyed having. Lindsay, as I think you know, my grandma had Alzheimer's, so she passed away a while ago now. But, you know, I've seen kind of firsthand how hard that can be on families and on <laughs> the people suffering. So really, we just chatted a lot about what resources are available to families who have someone who's starting to show signs of dementia and going through that entire journey. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be completely negative. Like there's ways to make things easier as it all happens. Obviously, there's only so much we can control. So they had some good tips for maintaining cognitive health and retirement as well, which I think is definitely good for our listeners, different ways to support Alzheimer's society. So, you know, quite a few different topics, but this is something that I thought was important that we get some more information and resources out to our listeners. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There is a lot of assistance out there for people living with dementia and Alzheimer's and that it is possible to live a rich and rewarding life. And of course, take into consideration your retirement planning and your supports and all of that along the way. Exactly. So with that, let's get on to the show. Thanks, Lindsay. All right, Jen and Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you guys today? Very well, thank you. Very good, thank you. I'm excited to have you guys on. So our firm, Matthews & Associates, did some fundraising with you guys earlier in the year. We had a lot of fun out there. And then I was talking to, I guess, one of the members of your team, Shelby, about potentially getting you guys on to talk to our audience because a lot of the people that we work with are retirees they're finding themselves in a situation where they're having to provide care for their parents. This is something that for a lot of people is they're just struggling to figure out what resources are available. And additionally, my grandmother, she had Alzheimer's. Her family has kind of been through that process. And I know it can be pretty draining. So for people who are kind of maybe entering into that phase with a family member, I just thought it'd be good to have you guys on and hear from you guys about what resources are available, how you guys can help, and just things to consider as people are moving through that phase in retirement. As you guys know, I have some questions here and I'm going to fire them off and I'll let you guys answer and and we'll work through it. So retirement, it's a big change for a lot of people in their daily routines and social interactions, which we know can have a negative impact on cognitive health. So do you guys have any activities? Is there lifestyle adjustments that people can adopt to keep their minds active and engaged during retirement? A lot of what we do, Joe, we talk about brain health. And I think we don't often think about the fact that The brain is really one of our most vital organs. It plays a role in every action and every thought. So just like the rest of our body, we have to do a really good job of looking after it. And sometimes people will say, well, is it too soon or too late to make changes that can either improve or maintain our brain health? And we always say that it's never too soon or too late because those brain changes, those important things that we can do can improve our ability to sustain our long-term health and also to fight illness. So it's really, really important that we talk about strategies around that. So in the brain health education that we provide, we talk about some of those key strategies that everyone can do regardless of age, regardless of ability to be good to their brains. And so some of the key ones, we talk about the importance of challenging your brain. We talk about the importance of being socially active and maintaining those important social connections. We talk about following a brain-healthy diet and eating well for our brain health as we continue to age. We look at the importance of being physically active, and that's something that we need to continue to do. And there's ways to adapt to that, you know, of course, with physical changes and things that may come with age. We talk about the importance of managing stress and maintaining and making healthy lifestyle choices and safe lifestyle choices. All of those things can certainly contribute to brain health. But keeping the brain challenged and active is certainly one of the most important things that retirees can do at this stage of their life. And there's lots of ways to do that. So we talk about, you know, remembering that it's important to pursue new activities, to pursue cultural activities. Um, Learning something new every day really helps the neural pathways in the brain. We talk about the fact that challenging your brain can be fun. So making sure that We find great ways to do that each and every day, and that could be through games and brain teasers, crosswords and word puzzles. Sudoku is really good. I hear lots of folks really enjoy that. And there's lots of other ways that kind of the list is endless there. We also encourage 
people to change up their routine or to break their normal daily routines because what happens over time is if we start to perfect the way we do things and we're always doing things the same way, our brains get a little bit lazy and it kind of goes into autopilot, what I like to call autopilot mode. And so the brain stops really having to work hard to make those tasks happen. So when we can change up our daily routines, it really helps to activate new neural pathways. And it can be something as simple as brushing your teeth or brushing your hair with your non-dominant hair. So there's a challenge. That's what I'm challenging you to do. Try that. Try that today. (laughs) I think the last important thing to say around challenging your brain health is many retirees, after having left the workforce, perhaps they're looking for ways to still stay connected and also to continue to use those skills and abilities. And so volunteering is a wonderful way to help out in the community but it's also a wonderful way to maintain those social connections. And social connections are very helpful for the brain, having communications with others. So helping out an organization is great, but also at the same time, making sure you're maintaining that brain health. Those are great strategies. Yeah, that's a lot of great stuff. And that's something we've talked a lot about on the podcast in your retirement is making sure you're kind of clear on your purpose beyond work. So those purpose and priorities so that you can continue to have something to get you out of bed in the morning and continue to grow and learn and kind of keep that brain active, as you said. So that's awesome. And I'll ask you at the end, again, where people can find these resources and all that kind of stuff. We'll get you to share that those details. So obviously financial planning is what I do, but interested to see, do you guys have any ideas on how retirees can ensure they have the necessary resources to support and cover potential costs associated with Alzheimer's care should the need arise? Yeah, I think for all the reasons that we all want to plan for our retirement, make sure we've got funds available to us. Part of that financial planning includes not just thinking about your daily life or holidays you may want to take or the things that you want to do. It also includes planning for something to happen to you or something to happen to your spouse, potentially. As we age, we are more at risk for certain disabilities and diseases like Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. And those can come with a high financial cost. You know, for instance, currently what we're seeing is that there isn't a lot of sort of funded in-home supports that are available right now. There are some, and certainly a lot of our clients access those supports, but it's often not enough in order to provide support for a care partner. And so oftentimes individuals need to reach out to private agencies to be able to provide that in-home support to support someone living with dementia. And that cost can be very high. And so when you're thinking about your plans, making sure that you're including the possibility of those types of costs in your retirement is really critical when you're looking ahead. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, one of the things also we've talked about on the show is uh, kind of the retirement spending smile, right? So we typically see that spending is generally a little higher earlier on when people are active and able to travel and do all those things they've been dreaming about for their retirement. And then they get that out of the way, I guess you could say, and fall into a routine where they see a little closer to home as they start to age. But then on the other end of retirement, that's when these other additional costs are coming up, like you're talking about, Jen. So definitely something to keep in mind. To some extent, Joe, absolutely. I think one of the things to think about is that dementia can be at the start of that smile too. That's a good point. You know, currently the baby boomer generation is obviously reaching retirement. And with that comes an increase in dementia, unfortunately. And so here at the Alzheimer's Society, we're seeing an increase in the number of individuals with early onset dementia. So oftentimes people anticipate those sort of 85 plus costs 
but are prepared for dealing with dementia in their 60s. And the reality is, is that some people are dealing with dementia in their 60s and need to be prepared for that as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. That isn't something we probably talk about enough because yeah, usually the point everyone is expecting things to go the way they've planned and dreamed about while they've been saving and preparing for retirement. So that's a really good point. So advanced care planning is an important consideration for retirees. What advice can you offer on initiating conversations about Alzheimer's and end-of-life wishes with family members and loved ones? It's never too soon to start planning ahead and to think about and have conversations around our future wishes with our partners, spouses, family members. Really, no one knows what the future holds and what that future has in store for us. So Planning ahead is super important because it can reduce stress and also minimize some of that worry if we know that our wishes for things like our future care or treatment, if we need that, maybe it's decisions about our residential care, the management of our finances, that those things are acknowledged and understood. So it can take a lot of that worry away. And, you know, certainly we know that with the cognitive changes that come due to the progression of dementia, so what's changing in the brain, that having those conversations early on with family members is really, really important because it is key that the person living with dementia is still capable of making those decisions and sharing those wishes and that information with others. So it's key to start that conversation early on. And, you know, advanced care planning, it's very helpful for family members so that they can feel confident that they're acting in the person's best interest and that they're equipped with the knowledge and the information that they need to make those decisions on that person's behalf. So it really does remove the stress and the worry from family members and makes that whole decision-making process a lot easier. Yeah, that's great. I think that kind of holds true for financial planning, estate planning, advanced care planning, all that kind of stuff. Communication is always key to make sure everyone's on the same page and wishes can a lot more easily be followed out that way. So that's great. So you guys have a kind of unique perspective. On that unique perspective, the challenges faced by families and individuals affected by Alzheimer's, what inspiring stories or examples can you share about retirees who have found meaningful ways to make a positive impact in the Alzheimer's community? Yeah, it's so hard to pick one, I have to tell you. (laughs) No doubt. We're surrounded by incredible retirees every day in a myriad of ways. Some of those people are donors. Some of those individuals are volunteers giving back on our board, on our client advisory committees, providing direction for our fundraising, going out on the street and just spreading the word that we're here to support people. But some of them go out into our program every day. I can think of one person who is a client of our services, and now he goes out to every single Peterborough Minds Emotion session that we have and helps out. We've got another individual who that's an incredible family that we all wish they would adopt us. And they kind of have, if I'm being honest, and they know who they are, but they have their person living with dementia. She passed away last year, and her spouse and their family are really dedicated to making sure that everyone in their social circle, everyone in their neighborhood hears about what we can do to support them because it isn't always known. But I think one of the biggest pieces that retirees can do is really share your stories. There's so many beautiful stories that we have here that we share on our social media channels and to our clients and our supporters. 
And I think oftentimes people underestimate the power of their own story. We think, well, no one cares about me. No one's interested in what happened in my life. I'm just ordinary. But there is something absolutely extraordinary in the ordinary and in your personal experience, whether your life has been touched by dementia or whether your life has been touched by something else, sharing those personal stories is meaningful for your family, it's meaningful for your neighbors, and it can always have a much larger impact than you think. Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that. Okay, so caregiving for individuals with Alzheimer's can be challenging. And some retirees, as we talked about earlier, find themselves in the caregiving roles for their spouses or other loved ones. So what resources and support does the Alzheimer's Society offer to help retirees navigate that role? I think that for caregivers and family members of those that are living with dementia, the most important thing for them to know is that they're not alone and that the Alzheimer's Society is here to help them every step of the way, right through their caregiving journey. And we know that a diagnosis or a possibility of a diagnosis of dementia can bring a whole range of mixed emotions, uh, questions, fears about the future, stress, challenging situations that they may be encountering. And all of those things that are lying ahead are wonderful staff here. We have just the best team that can help care partners and family members to kind of navigate that dementia journey, that caregiving journey that lies ahead. And our society offers a range of programs and services to meet the unique needs of our clients. So we provide one-on-one and family support, for example, and one-on-one support can be provided for in whatever way works best for the client. So that could be over the telephone, that could be by email or a virtual visit or even in person. We've met people in coffee shops before. So it really speaks to the dedication of our staff that we wanna make sure that we're meeting those unique needs. And it's about supporting the caregiver. We also offer support groups for care partners and family members where they can meet with others, those others that are experiencing the same challenges, the same concerns. And we have found that peer support can be incredibly helpful in this journey. So people get to share their stories and then they hear what others are going through and they can often offer resources. So we offer those support groups both in person and in a virtual format. Again, trying to meet the needs of everyone. And then another big aspect of what we provide, we offer a range of free educational and learning opportunities on a whole variety of topics. So there's learning series for care partners and family members that they can attend. We know that knowledge is power and learning all that we can about dementia, how it progresses, how to cope with some of the changes that may come as a result of having this condition. And certainly learning about the resources that are available to folks to support them during that journey, it can be extremely beneficial to just help equip them with the skills and knowledge and hopefully the confidence to help them in that caregiving role. So there's just a range of services. And so you really do encourage people to reach out and ask what's available. Sometimes support isn't the first thing that a person may be looking at. They may be looking to learn a little bit and to come into the education and experience it that way, and then maybe move on to support after. So it really depends on the unique needs of the person. Yeah, that's great that it's not kind of just cookie cutter. Here it is. I was just going to quickly add on to what Sarah said is that One of the misconceptions about the Alzheimer's Society as well is that I've had people say, oh, it must just be so hard to work there. And I think someone even used the word depressing once. 
And I really want to just take a moment to battle that misconception. We have a lot of fun here. When we have people in our offices, when we're out in the community, you can usually find us by following the reams of laughter, you know, but it really is a community of people and it's a community of friends. A lot of them are new friendships, but we have a lot of fun here. So I just want to make sure that you're like, oh, that sounds, maybe I'm not ready for that. Counseling sounds like a lot. Well, just come out and have fun and meet some people and they'll help you figure out where you want to be. Yeah, that's great. It really sounds like you guys can meet people where they are, regardless of where that is when they find you. So that's awesome. All right. So let's just say this is maybe out of left field for you guys, but imagine you're offering a retirement advice card to somebody at risk of Alzheimer's. What three unconventional pieces of advice would you include on it? I would say one of the biggest ones is build your support network. The families that we see thrive through dementia and really live well with dementia. You know, back to that family I was referencing earlier, they managed very well through dementia. And a huge part of that was the community that they built around them. That can be family, that can be friends. And in this couple's case, it was also their neighbors. They lived in the same community in East City for all of their lives. And their neighbors all rallied around them as well and provided support as well. So build that community, build those networks, talk to your friends. You know, how would we manage if one of us got dementia? What do you think you'd need? Have those kinds of conversations. You know, I think the other piece I Sarah already covered, be active, live well. Dementia is not the end. And that's something that people often feel that if they get a diagnosis of dementia, it's the end. It's not. You can absolutely live well with dementia for a very long time. Dementia is on average, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, a very slow moving disease. And there are a lot of opportunities if we catch it early. So make sure you reach out if you've got any memory concerns. Don't ignore those. It's very common for people to ignore those and for us to meet you when you're in crisis. We don't want to meet you when you're in crisis. We want to meet you right at the beginning when you're just having some initial concerns so that we can get those supports in place, which slow the progression of the disease. So that's the second piece that I would give is is really at any point, reach out. Even if you think I'm being silly, you're not silly, reach out. Right. And I guess the last isn't really, (laughs) it's not that unconventional. I'm sure you talk about it all the time on your show, but it's planning. It's that planning ahead making sure your powers of attorney, you've decided who they are, put those in place. One thing that people often don't think about is that any familial issues that you may have prior to dementia, those are going to be exacerbated if dementia comes into your family. Have conversations, work out things that you may not have worked out. It will make a massive difference as you navigate this. Right. That's awesome. Often what we find is our retirees that we work with have a strong desire to leave a lasting legacy. So how can individuals with Alzheimer's continue to shape their legacy and impact even as the disease progresses? Absolutely. And Joe, it really comes back to telling your story. And I'm going to explain this with a story, if that's okay with you. Sure, yeah. So a number of years ago, and this actually predates my time with the society, we had a person living with dementia who really wanted to give back. They really wanted to contribute. They wanted to make a difference and they wanted to leave a legacy. And what this individual did, his name was Dan. And I can share that because Dan made a lot of phone calls. And what Dan did is he wanted to call every single person who donated to our society and personally thank them. Oh, wow. And what would often happen is 
Dan would make a phone call and then that person would hang up the phone, pick it back up again and call the society in tears because of how much him sharing his story with them impacted them. And so, like I said earlier, dementia is not the end and your story is so powerful. And leaving that legacy is sharing that story, I think, more than anything else. We've forgotten to mention throughout this is that you don't need need a diagnosis of dementia to reach out to us. So people often think they need a diagnosis. You don't, we will help you get a diagnosis. So please do reach out ahead of time. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So I've asked you guys a lot today. So now I'm just going to ask kind of what do you guys have going on? What's coming up in the near future? What you guys have coming up as far as like fundraisers? How can people find you and how can they help out? So we actually have our flagship event coming up on September 22nd. We have our fire truck pull event. So teams of 10 and 12 get together and pull a 44,000 pounds fire truck to raise money for the work that we do. We're still accepting new teams. Awesome. And certainly don't count yourself out because of your age. We have three client teams that come out and participate every year and they do a spectacular job. Also, if you're thinking about reaching out to us, now's a great time to reach out. We've got one of our night outs coming up that we have for our clients. So that's for the fun I was telling you about where they get together, have supper, do dancing, music, and it's a lot of fun. We do those about quarterly. So don't worry if you miss out on that. But you can always find us online, alzheimer.ca. You can also give us a call between 9 and 4. We're always here. We always answer. And drop in. We are at the lower level of Peterborough Square near the Princess Gardens entrance in Peterborough. We've got a big wall of resources right at the front. And our staff are more than happy to help you pick out what will be helpful for you and start getting you connected with our staff. That's awesome. And to everyone listening, I'll make sure we get all those resources in the show notes, just in case you're looking for it. You can find that at retirementplanningsimplified.ca. Go to the podcast tab. So Jen and Sarah, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, you guys shared a lot of valuable resources and insights. So I think our listeners are going to appreciate that. And it's been a pleasure having you guys on. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.